supporting you in your dog parenting journey. The Dynamic Dog Owner with Debbie Potter. Hello and welcome to the second edition of The Dynamic Dog Owner, a podcast dedicated to helping dog owners create a happier relationship with their best friend. So as a trainer or companion coach, I am often asked, what is the secret to success? Share your top tips. How can I quickly fix this? How can I stop X, Y, Z from happening? As trainers, we do teach lots of tricks and skills and games to play with your dog to A, have fun together, but as a side note, to also build new skills. Sadly, there is no quick fix. Uh, We do not have a magic wand. We cannot wave it and magically make your dog be perfectly doing what you want them to do. So it's often very difficult to give out secrets and and top tips because they simply will not give an instant result. But what instead we do is give life tips and little tips that will help you in everyday life that will seem as big a change as possible. So today we're going to be exploring the trio of success. So the three things that I feel are key. If you like, they are the secrets, but unfortunately they will not give the quick fix. In my opinion, (laughs) these three things that make up this wonderful trio are time, patience and consistency. So what we're going to do throughout this podcast today is explore each area. And we're going to see what I actually mean by each one, because it may not be exactly what you think. The first in our trio of success is time. As we all have been told, time waits for no man. So there's a few different things relating to time that I feel is really important. One is I believe that most people underestimate just how much time you need for a dog. And I'm not just talking about training here. In your daily life, every single day, you need to interact with your dog, feed them, fill their water bowls up, let them out for a wee, cuddle them, play with them, just spend time with them, take them for a walk, take them training. There are so many things (laughs) that you need to do to factor in in your everyday life that you need more time for. So if you are a super duper busy person and you think about getting a dog, you need to factor in that you need to have time in your life to actually spend and dedicate to this living being. Obviously, if you've had a puppy, you will know that just looking at them is a time waster. (laughs) You can stare at a puppy just breathing um, for hours on end. They are a huge time waster in the loveliest of ways. Obviously, we do set dedicated time away for, for walks. Walks, Every dog is different. Walks don't have to be hours long every day. They can just be 10 minutes, depending on your dog and what your aim is for that particular walk. So the walk time can vary from day to day, but it is obviously still a factor. Training is a huge part of what you need to do with your dog. Often, whether you realise you're doing it or not, every interaction you have with your dog is a learning experience. Whether we are teaching what we want our dog to learn is another matter but setting aside dedicated time every week or every period wherever it fits suits you and um, dedicated to time just for training is really important because they're never going to improve they're never going to get better at things unless you have the time to practice skills we often or we definitely highlight to people when they come to our to classes um 
yeah, brilliant, you turned up and you're here, but an hour a week at training class is not going to magically fix everything at home. You need to practice every day or as often as you can. You need to chip away at it at home as well because it's the practice in between sessions in real life scenarios that makes the difference. So setting aside time to train as well. And there's another aspect of, of time and that's how long it actually takes. Training isn't something that is completed within a six week course or you know, I've got a puppy, they're six months old, they should be perfect. T training takes a long time, a duration, because it's not a quick task. Puppies grow very quickly in physical size, but emotionally they take a much longer time to develop. So we have to be there teaching them throughout that development stage, which for some dogs will last a few years. And even when they are fully grown, they are still learning. So if we liken it to people, and because I think... Obviously, dogs are a different species to us. If we liken it to people, it helps us to kind of understand and resonate a little bit more. You wouldn't expect to send a toddler to preschool for a term and then them be absolutely fine with the rest of their life. They have to go through preschool and infant school and junior school and secondary school and potentially university or college. At the end of that... Yes, they have an education, but they then need to apply it to real life. And I don't know about you guys, however, whatever stage of your life you're at, but every day I learn something new. Every single day. And our dogs are the same. They do a lot of their education in their first few years, but they will always be learning things and creating new habits, creating new skills. Again, whether we intend them to or not, for the rest of their life. So when people do have a dog, they often expect training to take a few weeks. It's not, it's going to take a longer time. So underestimating time and giving things time is really important. Often when we underestimate how much time it takes, we then get a little bit disappointed. Go, well, we thought they'd be fixed in six weeks. But it takes time for your dog or your puppy to grow and develop. And that's not just about training. If you think about when you get a new dog, whether it be a puppy or a rescue, it's going to take them a little while to settle into life with you. And again, people often expect that things are going to happen really quickly. Oh, I've had them a week. I'm going to go back to work next week. That'll be fine. It can take them months to settle into a new way of life or a new household or a new family. So time is one of the most important things. When, as a trainer, we give people advice, they come, maybe come back to us next week and say it didn't work. And we were, how long did you try it for? Oh, we did it for a day. Okay, you actually need to do it for a month. So if you do it for a month, it may not fix it, but you're going to see small bits of progress. The other aspect of time, so time is probably one of the most, I'd say most important ones. Time is so important when it comes to making changes, is if your dog has been practicing a behavior that you don't necessarily like and you want to then undo it, it's not going to be a quick event. For however long a dog's been doing something, it's going to probably take them at least twice that length of time to start undoing that habit or that behaviour and then starting to create a new one. And again, if you think about us, you know, we all have bad habits, uh, me included. <laughs> Everyone has a bad habit. If you've been practising that habit for a week, it's probably quite easy to break it. If you've been practising it for a day, 
it then probably doesn't actually become a habit. If you've been practicing it for your life and then someone tells you you can't do it, it's just not, it's not possible um, because it's already wired into your brain that this is what I do. If you think of it as something like, um, we often think about getting better at things. We practice, practice makes perfect. Um, and we practice lots to get better at it. If your dog has been practicing the unwanted behavior, then they have learned how to do it. They have developed a skill and they're blooming good at it. So we then need to teach them to not be good at it, which is really quite difficult. So just be aware that if your dog has been pulling on the lead for the last year, it's not going to be fixed in a six week course or it's not going to be fixed in a, a quick video online. It's going to take probably at least another year or two to undo that. You will see small progress along the way, but to reach that goal is going to take a while. So time is one of the elements of my trio. Time is incredibly important. The second part of our trio is patience. Everyone has a different level of patience. Learning to develop your own patience helps you to succeed with your dog. If we are impatient, if we want quick results and we then get a little bit annoyed and frustrated, we pass it down to our dog, it's not going to help. Instead, it's probably going to put more pressure in the situation and actually make things a little bit slower to progress. So patience is our skill, first and foremost. How patient can we be? And I think patience also kind of builds into learning to go at your dog's pace. So every dog is different. They're all so unique. Um, I know for the three of mine, each one is completely different. Um, I take my three dogs to classes on a Thursday evening um, and we have three classes back to back, one each. Um, and learning for me to quickly adapt and shift how quickly and how I need to work, depending on the dog's pace, is uh, a challenge <laughs> because they're all so different. Um, but you know, if your dog wants to take things really slow, you have to learn to take things really slow. If your dog's a fast mover and a quick learner, you have to learn to work at their pace. And often, the slower we go, think of the hare and the tortoise, the slower we go, the actual quicker progress we make. So again, with patience, it's often waiting for things to happen and then capturing that moment of success and going, yeah, well done rather than trying to rush it or force your dog to do something. So this can be to anything. For my youngest dog, it's, it's about his engagement. And I have to wait, I've had to wait a very long time to be able to gain his focus and engagement. And it's taught me a lot of patience, but it can be things like toilet training. Uh, often we take a new puppy out into the garden and we go, oh, I've been out here a minute. They obviously don't need to go. We go back inside and they pee all over your lovely carpet. And that's where patience of going, I need my dog to pee. I'm going to stand in the garden for 10, 15, 20 minutes until they go in this place. And almost not giving up means that we get, yes, we test our patience of how long can I stand in the garden for in the rain. But it makes sure that we are waiting for that moment of success, having that we happen in the right place and then rewarding it. And again, with lead skills, it's not trying to go too far, go too for too long, too quickly working in a really small area, building up those skills, practicing, 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 having the patience to stand still every time your dog gets to the end of the lead, which can be infuriating, but the patience to stick with your method and not give up and get bored too quickly. Patience, again, is a really, really important part. 
So the third part of the trio is consistency. And this one, again, is, is they're all so important, um, which is why they are my trio and they apply to every single thing you can do with your dog. Consistency is possibly, again, one of the most important things. It's A, for you to have the consistency of what you're expecting for your dog. So if one day you go, you can't be on the sofa today, but tomorrow you can be, how the hell does your dog know which one it is? <laughs> What's the difference between yesterday and today? I don't know. <laughs> Why was I allowed to? And that's often where we start to then get confusion in our dog because they don't understand the rules of, well, today, or I've cleaned it, I don't want you want it today, but tomorrow it's okay because it'll be dirty again. They don't have a concept of knowing what is clean and what is dirty or whether you've just changed the bed sheets and you don't want them on the bed on the first day. They don't get that. So consistency is going to help them to have more understanding of what's actually expected of them um, and also what you expect. And everybody, again, your expectations will be different. What you're working on at that moment in time will be different. But have a set goal in your mind as to what you currently expect and knowing when to expect a little bit less and when to expect a little bit more in training is really important. So again, we could think about lead pulling because we mentioned it in patient's trio. Um, if you take your dog for a walk and you've got all the time in the world, you're really consistent with your training, you stop every time they get to the end of the lead, you're really rewarding them for staying with you, really engaged and focused on them and you have an excellent session, they go, okay, this is what's expected. The next day, you're in a hurry, it's raining, you're a bit late for work, you're like, come on, we need to get back. You then let them pull a little bit, you're not rewarding them as much, and they go, well, what's going on today then? Why is today different? And there's not that consistent expectation on them. They don't know the rules of the game. And obviously we know in our mind, but we can't transfer that through. Our dogs aren't mind readers um, to that extent um, <laughs> that they can just tell, oh, mum's in a hurry today, therefore training goes out the window. So consistency in your methods and your approach and your expectations is really important. So the other thing is consistency between people. Um, if you are a multi-people house and you've got lots of people that are interacting with your dog, everybody needs to sing from the same hymn sheet. Everybody needs to understand what we're working on, what the rules are, what the cues are, how we reward them, what the expectation is. Because otherwise there's inconsistency, not just in us, but also inconsistency in the other people in the house. So then you've got multiple inconsistencies. Everyone's going to do things slightly differently, which your dog will be able to pick up on. I mean, I know my dogs know that dad does dinner that way and mum does it slightly different or mum expects us to do this and dad lets it slide. But those are minor things. If I said, right, well, the dogs are allowed on the bed and my husband said, no, no, absolutely not. And every time he, well, he does not shift work. So every time he was on shift work, I was like, oh, boys, you can come on the bed. And then every time he's not there, I'd be like, no, no, you can't get on the bed. How do the dogs know? You know, how how do they know which is expected and what's not? We then get a little bit cross when they make mistakes, but it's purely through confusion. They don't know 
why and how the rules change. And they're trying to work out so many different little factors as to what the rule is for today. Um, and it can get quite confusing. So having consistency between your family members, knowing that when we go for a walk, this is the expect expectation. When we're asking them to sit, we say sit. Often we get with cues like down. Some people will say down, some people will say lay. If you've got one of you saying one word and one of you saying the other, boy, your dog's confused. So making sure you guys are on the same page and equally with children as well. It's a little bit harder with children um, because they do like to test the boundaries, but it will affect your dog. And equally, this expands to people who look after your dog. If you um, use a dog walker or a dog boarder or daycare, if they're doing something different with your dog, like they have different rules, different expectations to what you do. Again, your dog's going to get really confused as to who expects what from me. And they're constantly playing a guessing game. So having consistency in what your expectations are, how you teach them, what you say to them and what the rules are, not just for you, but between all the people that interact with them, it will really help them to have more understanding of what is expected. So those are the three things, time, patience, consistency. Have a little think about them. See if there are ways that you can think about your time. You know, can you dedicate a minute a day to training? How patient are you? Practice some patience exercises and try and be as consistent as you can. Often I find it helps like with cues, especially to have almost like a little doggy dictionary on the, on the kitchen, um, on the fridge saying, these are the words, this is what they mean. So that everybody knows and has the same expectations. So seeing as we're talking about trios today, I thought I would talk about my trio, my boys. So I do have three dogs and I personally think that three is the magic number. Um, I've only had three dogs for a couple of years. I've only ever had one or two before then. I love having three. I think three is just perfect dynamics um, or it is for my guys anyway. Each of them I've had since they were a puppy. And um, so we've seen them from eight weeks grow to where they are today. Each one is incredibly different and has taught me something different for my dogs. Um, and they've all you know, created me into the dog handler and trainer I am today. So I'm ever so grateful to share my life with them. Um, so my eldest dog, De um, he is a black Labrador and he is six. He is the full on boy of the world. He is just that extra, loves people, loves dogs, craves attention. Um, and he's, he, I've struggled with him a little bit because he's a big, big, strong dog, uh, dog. Um, and he has a little bit of, sort of what we call frustrated greeter. So he gets really annoyed when he's on the lead because he can't get to people to say hello to them. Um, and he's been like it since he was a puppy. And we've been working very hard over the last six years um, to help him be less misunderstood. Um, but he is an absolute dream. He was my first ever puppy. I only had rescues before that. So he does hold a special place in my heart. Um, but he's really a big lad, but he's sensitive. And we he has a few um, health issues that, again, we can talk about at a future time. Um, but he's taught me very much about, about frustrated greeter and reactivity. Um, and again, it's, it's really nice to be able to use him as an example of how to be really responsible um, and how to be able to really look after him and make sure he doesn't get into trouble. Because as a sort of 38 kilogram big black lab. If you saw him running towards you um, going, hi, do you want to play? You would probably, even the most friend people who love dogs would probably go, whoa, <laughs> is this going to go well? Um, so I use him as an example um, to our training clients as to how 
um, responsible we need to be to avoid dogs accidentally getting into trouble by being over friendly. Um, and then my middle dog, um, typical middle dog, um, is Remus Rem, who is a fox red lab. He is four. Um, and again, he came to us at eight weeks old. He again is a special, special boy. Um, he has taught me so much about me, about dogs, about my children, uh, which again, another topic for another day. Um, but he has, when he came to us, he had quite severe sort of attachment to me and lack of confidence in being on his own. And we had to work incredibly hard to build his confidence. Um, he couldn't be separated from me for a split second until he was about eight months old. Um, so we had to work incredibly hard. And he has um, a lot of arousal. Um, <laughs> he struggles with arousal. He gets very aroused and gets a little bit silly. And we try and manage that. And he has a lot of holistic treatments um, to help him be the best dog he can be. He's so smart and so intelligent. Um, but he just struggles with coping in everyday life sometimes. Um, but he is an absolute dream um, he's gorgeous as well. Um, so he's the middle one. And then my youngest dog, Fred, is a golden retriever. And he is two this month. So he's two this August. Um, and again, he is probably one of the most relaxed dogs I've ever had. Um, he was the easiest puppy. Um, he comes from a very good breeder. Um, he, she's lovely. And he really sort of resonates with her kind of ethos of, ethos of being really chilled. So he's a really chilled dog. Um, he was the easiest puppy. The only sort of things I've had to struggle with with him are um, he was really resource guardy as a puppy. So he would resource guard um, food around people, which thankfully we have overcome. Um, and now he's, he's a little bit guided with the other dogs, but he and they have discovered their boundaries and they know not to touch him when he's got things and he knows a little warning will make them leave away, move away. So they've kind of worked out their their new dynamic, bless them. Um, and they get on beautifully. Um, but he is a very easily startled dog. He's a little bit nervous. Um, he wasn't until he was about eight months old, six, six, seven months old. He became a little bit more barky and nervous and easily startled by life. So again, he has taught me how to help overcome a little bit of confidence. But he's equally one of the hardest dogs in terms of motivation. It's taken me probably 18 months to work out what motivates him and to go at a really slow pace of life to help him to flourish and we're finally reaching that flourish point which is so important and so beneficial um so those are my trio and obviously each one has so many stories and so many training inputs that i can share with you guys that has taught me so much um so you will be hearing about them in the future um so my trio of success the trio three is the magic number time patience consistency think about those three things in your life and how you can apply them um, and hopefully this episode again has been useful um, and you have seen, made, learned something new maybe or seen something from a different point of view. If you have enjoyed the episode, do follow the Dynamic Dog Owner on Instagram. Um, I'd love to see pictures of your dogs. I'll share some of mine. Um, and you're well, very welcome to drop me a personal message to DM um, with any questions or topics that you'd like covered in future episodes. It would be lovely to connect with you. And don't forget, obviously, you can subscribe um, to be notified of future episodes thank you for listening to the dynamic dog owner with me debbie potter see you next time